the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Ray Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satira Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Hello, 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 and welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here he is, live on Sirius XM and on WAVA, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I think we're doing okay. Bob's happy in the back. That's always I good. I see. Is Bob's he... back from vacation. I'm back now, and, uh, you know, I was out the last couple of weekends, but uh, still working during the week, though. Well, we were thinking uh, about you. I'm sure you, you know, were. I have to. I have to tell you, though, it, it was pretty pretty neat here uh, this morning coming back in and uh, you know we're on uh, Sirius XM uh, WAVA as well as YouTube Larry Rosenthal TV and for those of you that started uh, watching YouTube early this morning you you saw uh, right before the show started you saw all the clunkiness going on uh, with all the equipment sitting around me again for the first time I'm Knocking over the microphones and everything, Chris and Bob were just laughing, you know, as as the as the show was starting. But anyway, that's enough for that. Right? Welcome back. Yeah, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. It is Open Mic Saturday, mm-hmm. which means the no holds barred. Any questions you have at all on the stock market, the recession, yes or no, the Fed actions, your 401k investments, estate planning, insurance, taxes, mortgages, the housing market, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. So here we are, Chris. Investors, this past week, the market has shifted its focus from inflation to the risk of a recession. Mm. And what did the stock market do this past week? It had one of the strongest weeks of the year. So the news is getting worse, and the market has a huge bounce back this past week. How is that possible? How is that possible? Let me explain to you. The market is a forward, is a discounted mechanism looking forward. What does that mean? Okay. Good things in the future, probably. That's exactly right. It's looking at the future. So so we've seen 
This past week, softer global economic data come in around the world, which has brought commodity prices down. Oil has come down. Treasury notes have come down. Uh, you know, the, the, the Treasury note came down, the 10-year Treasury came down from 3.26 to 3.09. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal. That's a huge deal in, in the price of, uh, of assets. Crude dropped from $1.05 uh, um, uh, by $5. And so, so now you're taking a look at softening economic um, uh, conditions, not only domestically but around the world as well. What does that mean? How does that really play out for people? Well, basically, the Fed also came out this week, and Chairman Powell said, listen, <clears throat> you know, we realize we've got the inflation here, and the Fed is going to do everything possible to bring down inflation. And that's what the market wanted to hear, even if we have to slow the economy enough to dip into a small recession. So the Fed says – you know, they've reinstated unconditional commitment, basically, to fighting inflation, bringing it down. Inflation that is intact, inflation that's entrenched, inflation that's woven into the system, that's woven into the economy is worse than a small, short recession. And that's what the markets wanted to hear. Finally, the Fed is catching up, looking to get in front of it, okay? And so that's what the markets, you know, celebrated this past week, the fact that inflation will be coming down. Now, we don't know when, but we do know that it's going to be going to be coming down. And I've been saying all along that as soon as we see inflation break, the markets are going to start to celebrate that. OK, so now it's just a matter of how much of a balancing act can the Fed do getting a soft landing. In other words, bringing inflation down without dipping into a recession is a very tight tight window. It's a very small part on the dartboard. Can they hit it or not? And everybody always says probably not. Mm -hmm. History has shown probably not. But that doesn't mean that you go into this deep, dark recession. <clears throat> Remember, the definition of a recession is two back-to-back -back quarters of negative GDP growth. But at the same time, we've got some different fundamentals in the economy that the market stepped up last week and recognized. But, but first of all, we're not out of the woods by any means at all. We're still going to have volatility going forward, okay? Once we see inflation really trending down, the market should be happy about that. But at the same time, um, the, the economy, the underpinnings of the economy are strong. The consumer is strong. We have uh, very, very positive corporate earnings coming in, and the projections in the next three or four quarters are still very strong and increasing as well. And then you simply take a look at, well, where is the stock market? How is the positioning of the stock market right now? The stock market has its P.E. ratio at the average of the last 25 years. In other words, if you said, hey, is the stock market overvalued? Is it undervalued? It's perfectly valued right now when you take a look at it. As a matter of fact, of the 11 different sectors in the S&P 500, there's 11 different sectors. There's actually 123 subsectors, but there's 11 different main sectors of the S&P 500. Right now, 10 of them are undervalued undervalued. And so uh, energy is the only one that's overvalued right now. And as the economy slows, that commodity should drop down as well in the future. Now, when you take a look at this, you, you, you take a look at the Fed saying, hey, we're going to try and get in front of this inflation thing, bring it down. That means that, that the market is recognizing that at some point as inflation tracks down, 
Let me give you some some example numbers as a hypothetical. Inflation's right around eight and a half percent right now. Maybe at the end of the year it's five and a half. Let's just use that as an example. As that tra- as that trajectory goes down, then the markets are going to realize the Fed doesn't have to continue to tighten to raise rates into perpetuity because the inflation is going to be coming down, and it's coming down right now, or, or the projections are it's starting to come down. We haven't got the official numbers yet, okay, but the projections are it's softening because of demand destruction, which is people are starting to spend a little less, okay, and that's what we, that's what we need. So we've got still a strong consumer, strong corporate earnings coming in. We've got the Fed now jumping on. Let's get rid of the inflation conversation here finally, okay, and now we've got the stock market going, all right, we do see a light at the end of the tunnel at some particular point. So that doesn't mean we're not, we're not going to have more volatility over the next several weeks by any means at all. That's not what I'm saying. We're not out of the woods by any, by any means at all like that, okay? But just take a look at the market sort of sniffing the first sign of inflation coming down and look at the strong performance of it last week. You notice, I noticed that when the uh, interest rates started popping up, this, the housing market kind of slowed way down. Housing bit. has been slowing down, not only because of interest rates rising, but simply because people are concerned about, um, you know, where's this economy going? Mm-hmm. And that's part mm-hmm. of demand destruction, you know. And I so gotcha. there's been a rush of people putting their houses on the market right now to try and obtain these higher prices. And you take a look at the, the consumer sentiment uh, survey right now that's out. We're at an all-time low on consumer sentiment since 1971. Man, and every time you you, you know the, the every time the the consumer sentiment has dropped below the average sentiment number, the following twelve months there's been double digit returns in the market. Oh, so it doesn't mean that's going to happen. But when you go back and you take a look at it, you know, and and some people are saying we're scraping along the bottom at this thing right now. But there's no guarantee that we're we're out of the woods. I want to be very clear about that. The point here now is to stay invested, stay strong, stay diversified. And take a look over the next several months at at your portfolios. Uh, Things are on so, sale essentially right now. Th- yeah, this this could end up being a very very nice buying opportunity in these summer months. There's mm-hmm. there's uh, no no doubt about that as as far as that goes. So, but again, there's no averages. Um, I mean, there's no there's no guarantees as to when or anything like that. But but a lot of the fundamentals are shaping up. Uh, you know, as far as that goes, to, to make things look very, very attractive. Hey, give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly market commentary. There's no cost for that at all, as well as we'll be announcing our, our, our upcoming um, uh, July webinars. You know, ever since the market's been under pressure this year, every couple of weeks or so, I've been doing a couple of uh, market economic update uh, webinars. We've got some news that will be coming out in the following week or two, and then we'll be doing another market uh, webinar update. So give us a ring this morning. It's open mic Saturday with any of your financial planning, estate planning, investing questions on anything at all, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. 
That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, we have some lines open for you to call and talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, let's welcome Matthew on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Hey, good morning, Larry. How you doing? Good. How can I help you, sir? Uh, you mentioned in your intro about how the real estate market, uh, because of consumer sentiment being low, uh, folks are trying to time the market and sell on the peak. The question I have is because the demand has decreased, what do individuals do if they do want to sell to take advantage of these inflated real estate prices, yet you have to find somewhere to land and there's no market supply out there? So you're, it's, it's kind of a catch-22. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do, Matthew, as far as the real estate goes. Or is this is this an investment property or is it shelter and a home? No, primary residence. Primary, primary residence. residence. So from that standpoint, you'd be selling high in this market and buying high in this market, you know. Right. And, and so I don't put so much uh, stress on, on that because this is where your family is. This is where you're going to, you know, nurture your kids' values and all that kind of fun stuff, right, and raise them, right? So – so you're you're just moving from one one high price to another high price. It should work out. So I'd find the place that you like, and and go ahead and buy that. Now you may have to uh, price your home aggressively, and then, you know, if if the if real estate is in fact coming back down, then you know you you would uh, look for another place that's being priced aggressively too. But it's tough buying when you're seeing things turn over at the top right now because you could essentially sell yours right now and and uh, you could go wait a little while and maybe buy something that's a little bit less expensive or that could be a catch-22 if that doesn't, in fact, happen, okay? If rates were to drop 
Uh, but the, the reason why rates are, are, rates are a component of it. You know, with a higher interest rate, your real estate's going to move based off supply and demand for that, for that particular property, okay? And <clears throat> rates will enable somebody to get a three-car garage versus a two-car garage, okay? That's what rates are going to do. But you take a look at, <clears throat> at the supply and demand of the real estate market. We are under inventory in the number of units that are out there. And we have the millennials that are age 27 to 34 moving into that home buying stage in their life. So there's a huge demand for real estate, and that's what's helping to prop up the, the, the prices right now. So I expect to see a, a continue to see a strong real estate market in the next three to five years just based off of supply and demand. But now we're getting little ebbs and flows in the marketplace as far as that goes. So, so I, I don't think it's going to be such a thing of, of uh, you know a real estate crash or anything by that means not a 2008 by any, by any shape or uh, matter or form like that does that make sense yes yeah, so i spoke to my realtor about this and he said that because my uh, residence my primary residence is considered middle of the road in terms of uh, I'm, I'm considered a smaller single family detached home i'm not on the high end i'm not on the low end he said that's the biggest demand because of like you said the millennials coming into the market trying to purchase real estate for the first time or yeah you know, might be their absolutely. second time but they're starting families they you know the dog the kids they they need a house a little little land on a little property the white picket fence all that all that stuff so that's the only issue i've had is that okay great you can sell quickly because market supply is so low but there's nothing out there i mean I'm, i've been looking for months and i don't see anything that seems attractive where i would like to live then i mean that's just the marketplace right now and 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 I I understand what you're going through. It's it it is tough. Um, there will be some places that'll pop up, but the question is, do you want to make two moves? You know, exactly. Do you, do you want to sell your place now and then go rent a place for three months, a year, something like that, until something pops up for you? So exactly. tell your realtor start working hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for uh, affirming what I what I was suspecting. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Let's welcome Mary on the line from California. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Well, I have a question because I have an old school pension from a major corporation, 3M. I'm 60 years old. My husband's 61. And I'm wondering, when do I actually start collecting on that and does it make sense to just keep on waiting because supposedly it's going to go up but you never know so well mary the, the yeah the pension's not going to go up because you're not getting any more quarters credited to the formula since you're not working there okay okay so um did you say you're eligible at 62 to take it or 65 well, I was eligible at 60, I think. Yeah, so you might want to circle back with them because if you're not working there, you're not getting any quarters credited to the formula. And that's what that's drives right. the increase in the income stream. So I would I would reach back to them and take a look at and say, hey, what what is my pension today? And simply ask them the question just to verify uh, mm -hmm. that, that it's not going to be going up in any value. If it's a true defined benefit pension plan, it won't be going up because you're not getting more service credits to it. Okay, so that's the question. Um, am I getting more quarters? Yeah, are you getting more service credits okay, for the formula in now. order to okay. drive it up? 
Okay. And okay. and then and then ask them for a projection. They're going to send you a life only income stream. So like like let's yeah. let's just suppose you get you get two thousand dollars a month, okay? And if you pass mm-hmm. away the next month, it's over. But now maybe you get right. sixteen hundred dollars a month, and if you pass away, your spouse will get sixteen hundred dollars a month for the rest of his life. Okay. So there's there's several different options in there, and based yes, off I've of seen that. Yes, based off of your income, your husband's income, your Social Security, your assets, age differential, health status, all that kind of stuff, there's a formula that we use that can step you through to show you which pension option's best for you. And the reason that there's several different ones is because it's based off of all those factors right there. So if you want, I'll be happy to have somebody uh, 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 get on the phone with you and sort of explain it to you. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate your support and um, helping out people to do the right thing. Absolutely, Mary. Let me put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and go over the pension options formula for you, okay? Well, thank you so very much. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Denise on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Uh, good morning, Larry. I'm fine. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can I help I you? A couple of, yeah, I have a couple of questions. The first one is, can an individual take an IRA CD, cash it out, and then invest that money into a Roth IRA with no additional taxes. No. There's two there's there's three ways that you can put money into a Roth IRA. One is a contribution, okay. one is a conversion, and one is a a rollover, okay? And so when you take your IRA CD and cash it out, you'll pay mm-hmm. tax on it. And then you'll make, then you'll put it into the Roth. That's considered a contribution. So if you're eligible, if you have working income, or your income's not over the threshold, then you can do that. But the simplest way to move the money from your traditional IRA CD into the Roth is simply do a conversion. You just convert it right over. Both transactions, the one you described, cashing it out and then putting it back in, are taxable. The mm-hmm. conversion is taxable as well, okay? Mm-hmm. But the difference is this. If you're not working or if your income is too high, you can't cash out your IRA CD and then make a contribution into the Roth. But you can convert even if you're not working or your income is too high if you're working. There's no income limits uh, regarding a conversion amount, Okay. And the easiest thing, the net-net, your tax transaction is exactly the same simply by doing a conversion from the IRA CD into the Roth. Does that make sense? Yes. So do you know what the income limit is for the um, – uh, Yes. The, are you, are you, you married? Are you single? Uh, in this case, the individual is single. We're calling and to have someone else. What, what is their income? Do you know? It's, I know it's less than a hundred thousand. So they they may be bumping up against the income limits in order to make a contribution to a Roth IRA. Um, I think the income limits are. I, I I have to look at the chart. I know married filing jointly it's around two hundred eight. Okay, 
So, so if you cut mm-hmm. that in half, they could be bumping up against it. Uh, as, as far as that goes, if you're telling me that their income's around a hundred thousand, but after the deductions, it may be it may be okay. So, so yeah, you know, when 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 mm-hmm. clients talk to us about how to put money into a Roth IRA, those are the three ways that mm-hmm. it works. And we sit down with a spreadsheet. We have our own proprietary spreadsheet that we use with them, and we take a look at. At, at contributions, conversions, rollovers, and things like that, how's best to get the money into the uh, uh, tax-free side of the, of the IRA world on the Roth side. But when, when you're looking at what you're doing here, cashing out the traditional CD IRA or simply doing a conversion, yeah. you're going to pay the exact same tax. It doesn't matter. So why not just do the conversion rather than do the whole exercise of what, of what you're talking about? Because you could run into limits on, on the income side as far as the contribution end of it goes. But I'll have somebody send you out the income limits okay. if you want, and then that way you can take a look at it, okay? Okay, all right. And I had um, one other question as well. And, uh, and by, by, the way, the per, the, by, by the way, real quick, the person that you're calling on behalf of, are they under 59 and a half? No, they're over 59 and a half. Okay, that's good then. They're over. Because if they yeah, were I under 59 and a half. around 80 or something. Okay, if they were under okay. 59 and a half, then, and you cashed it out and then made the contribution, you'd pay a 10% penalty on top of your taxes. But if you're under 59 yes. and a half and you converted yes. it, there, there's no 10% penalty. But the main reason okay. people, Denise, the main reason people want to convert or move money into the, uh, from traditional IRAs over to the Roth IRA is mainly for two reasons. Later in life, mm-hmm. they want to incur, they want to get some tax-free income for themselves and or they want to pass assets on to their heirs tax-free. Now, remember this. Every conversion carries a five-year bucket before you can start pulling the earnings out tax-free yeah. if you're over 59 and okay. a half, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot okay. of rules with okay. it, and if you want, I'll, I'll send them out to you, okay? Okay. All right. Yep. Let uh, me put you on hold. And, and Oh, go ahead. Can I ask the next question? Okay. The next question is um, – if you have a 401k and uh, you're at the point of taking RMDs, and perhaps you don't want to take the entire RMD from that 401k, would you be able to take it from an IRA CD to make up the balance for whatever else you owe? Yes. Yes. So here's the deal. If you add up, you go through and you add up all of your qualified money, all of the money that's never been taxed in 401ks and okay. IRAs and all that kind of stuff. And aggregately, if the formula says you need to pull out $25,000 for your RMD, you can take it all yeah. out of 25 different IRAs, 1,000 each, or you can take it all out of one. It doesn't matter. Okay. Would a 403B be included in that, too? Would you be able yes. to take it? Yes, because that money's pre-tax. Okay. Yes, it would be. Still now okay. there's So any pre-tax? Any pre-tax, unless you're currently working at that employer and putting money in, then that one is exempt from that year's RMD okay. distribution. If you're still working at a four at a place where it has a 401k plan, you're still putting money in, and you're over 72, you don't have to take an RMD from that bucket of money. Right. Okay. Okay. But a lot of rules working, on this. As a matter of fact, there's like 26 of them yeah. that we've 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 had written okay. out at one particular point. 
Um, Denise, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll get them all out to you, okay? I'll have uh, uh, someone give you a ring. I'll put you on hold and Bob will get your contact information and we'll have someone give you a ring and just go over it all and, and, and one by one and show you the best way, the w- most tax efficient thing for you to do, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you yep. very much. Let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Open mic Saturday. Any questions at all? We're talking about the markets, real estate. We're talking about pension plans, Roth conversions, Roth contributions, whatever's on your mind today. Give us a ring. We'll keep the phone lines open during the commercial break, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 is the number to call. We have some lines available for you if you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio, 855-767-3123. Larry. Weeks shy of almost halfway through the year, right? And uh, one of the things that that we've always done in the past, halfway through the year, is we 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 want to sort of do a semi-annual insurance update, insurance review. And so I thought this morning, you know what? Uh, I'm going to bring up one of the most overlooked insurance policies that's out there. Most overlooked, and really the only one that pays you. If you stop and think about insurance, insurance pays somebody else. Get in a car accident, the insurance pays the mechanic, right? You, you know, something happens to your home, the insurance pays the, the carpenter to come in and fix it or whatever the case may be. Uh, health insurance pays the doctors, the hospitals, so forth and so on. But disability insurance, disability insurance or paycheck insurance is the only one that pays you. If you become sick or injured and you're unable to work, disability insurance is going to provide you with that income. And there's a couple different types of disability insurance. There's individual disability, and then there's something called BOE, Business Overhead Expense Insurance. And I'm specifically talking to all the people that are self-employed right now across the country. 
all self-employed people, you need to look at whether or not you need to have business overhead insurance. If you became sick or injured and you were unable to work for a month, I'm, I'm sorry, for 12 months or 18 months, that's how long this policy lasts, okay, uh, as far as the protection stream of income goes, it's going to cover your payroll, your utilities, your rent or your mortgage on your building, whatever it may be. So stop and think about that. If you're un unable to do your functions for whatever the reason may be, sickness or, or accident, right, but you still are, the quote-unquote, the rainmaker in your business, at least now your business can continue with the, the, the loan payments, the mortgages, the payroll, the utilities, the you know all the different things that are covered on that. It's called business overhead expense protection. How, does, uh, how do the premiums work on something like that? How would they determine how much you would have to pay for that? Well, what, the way they, they determine that, Chris, is they take a look at your, your P&L, they take a look at your, your books, and they say, okay, how much revenue is coming in, mm -hmm. how much is going to your salary, because that's not what this is about. It's about covering the whole business. Mm -hmm. You'd have to get your own personal disability insurance. Um, um, actually, I, I, I believe in some cases it does cover the owner's salary. So, so you, you, you take a look at, at what your income is and all the normal expenses. They have a whole list of it right there. And they say, okay, you know, what percent of the expenses do you want covered? Do you want it covered for a year or for 18 months? There's a 90-day deductible on there or a 30-day deductible on there. There's different definitions inside the disability policy right there, but the primary purpose of it is to keep the business moving forward while you're not able to continue to go out and, and, and grow the business at that particular point. Mm -hmm. So it's very overlooked. It's something that, that every business owner uh, need, needs to really take a look at, whether you, you, you own a cement company or you own a, a beauty parlor or anything in between. You know, it's, it's really important to really take a solid look at whether or not you, you, you need business overhead expense uh, from that standpoint. So it's overlooked, and it's almost halfway through the year, so I thought, you know, we're going to do a quick little semi-annual insurance review on the most overlooked insurance policy that's out there. Let's go ahead and welcome Corey on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Corey. How are you? Corey, you still there? Must have I'll been. put him back on hold here. Let's go ahead and welcome Karen on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Larry. I'm doing great. Really enjoy your show. I'm a big fan. So here's my question. Thank I you. I have two great assets. One is I own my home, um, and the second is I have um, an IRA. What I'm finding is that, um, and I'm retired, so I am utilizing my IRA for my income, and I'm going to call this the catch-22 situation because I'm forced to take out so much money for income every month from my IRA, but I'm getting killed with taxes, and killed to the degree where, again, I'm also being penalized with my Medicare because I, I'm being taxed on Social Security. So I'm in that first bracket for Irma um, because of my income. And I'm wondering if there are any other vehicles I could utilize, whether it would be like the uh, conversion to the Roth, which you had indicated might be one path to take, but also any annuities, which I um, have considered but know very little about, or even life insurance. But I it will not survive this way um, because my my retirement account is going to deplete before I deplete. <laughs> so, any thoughts? 
Yes. So there's a, there's a few thoughts in that, Karen. First of all, uh, putting money from your existing retirement account into an annuity is not going to help at all simply because okay. that annuity would be an IRA. Now you have RMDs out of that IRA, right? So it sounds Got like it. to me Got your your income is large enough as a, as a result of your, your retirement savings in your IRA that you're getting hit for your IRMA tax uh, on yes. Medicare and your Social Security is being taxed at the max rate too. 85% Correct. of it's being taxed at your ordinary income. So a couple right. of things we can do, okay? A couple of things that sure. we can do in this situation. First of all, do you give money to charities? Yes, sir, to my church. Okay, so... And also to other charities. So I, what I did this year very briefly is on my 2021 tax return, instead of taking the standard deduction, I was able to itemize because I do contribute to charitable organizations enough that it made sense for me to itemize last year. That's fantastic. So in your RMD, okay. I'm just going to make up some numbers here for you, and then I can get somebody with you to really squeeze it down and take a good look at your tax return. Uh, using a CPA or something. But here's an example. Let's suppose your RMD says you've got to take $50,000 out. After tax, let's say there's 35000 of it, and you need to live off right. of 25000 of it in a simple example, right? But you're getting taxed mm -hmm. on the entire fifty. So basically what right. you can do is you can do a qualified charitable deduction, a QCD. So if you're going to give your, your church or your charity ten grand. Just take it out of the IRA and send it right over to them. That satisfies your RMD, but it does not count as taxable income for you against your Social Security taxation as well as your IRMA tax on Medicare. So there are ways we can reduce that instead of putting the money into your pocket, paying tax, and then doing the deduction. Yes, you still get the same deduction. It's a wash, but now you're not mm -hmm. – you're not falling into the Irma tax calculation. So we have to we have That's to sit great. down and take a look. Pardon me? That's great. Great solution, sir. Yeah, so now we have to sit down and take a good look at, at the cash flow, what you need, what the RMD levels are as far as that goes. The second part that you talked about, Karen, as far as wanting to look to move money to Roth, if we take a conversion from the R, from the IRA to Roth, that's going to jack up your income. And the IRMA calculation works off of the last two years' income. So we would have an elevated income for a couple of years. Now, that could put you into a higher IRMA rate for your Medicare premiums. What I've also seen people do in situations like this is let's take a look at how much money you actually have in the bank. And maybe we can live off of the um, money in the bank for a couple of years and give QDCs to your charities and substantially lower your income and then make little conversions for a couple of years to move money over to the Roth. So, so that's three or four balls up in the air at the same time. And I'd really need to sit down and take a look at the tax return, your income needs, the balances on things. But there are some things that we can do, as I just mentioned. I just can't give you the details for your situation right here over, over the airway because we need to see the numbers. But I hope that helps. That's the way that we need to attack this at first, and we'll get your CPA involved. If you don't work with one, then we'll use one of ours as well, okay? That sounds great. And let me just ask this, and it may not be an appropriate question to ask you know, publicly, but to work with your fine organization um, in terms of you know, uh, managing the whole ball of wax, so to speak, 
um, I think that would even include investments and things that I know you guys do. Um, I guess that I should take that offline probably, right? Well, here's, here, here's the answer for you, Karen, real quick. You know, we, we work in a couple of different ways with clients. You have, you have the ability to come in and we can charge you an hourly rate and just do some work for you, and then you go back and do it all yourself. Or if you decide to come in, we'll, we'll do the work, and then we'll talk about you know, the cost to manage the money in, in the assets and, and do the investments and the financial plan and coordinate with the taxes and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't know what I'm getting into as far as chart, you know, as far as calling, yeah. you know, uh, as far as saying, you know, what the rate would be at this particular point. But it's a, it's a sliding scale depending on what you're asking us to do. You know, somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to I want to I want to work with you for a few hours on on an estate plan. And it's a very, very basic thing. And they don't need a few hours. Maybe they need a lot less. And somebody might, on the other hand, say, yeah, I, I want to do an estate plan. And it's very long and involved with bankers and attorneys and all kinds of things. So, so we, we would we would sit down for you know get on the phone or sit down whatever is comfortable with you for for an hour and we would see exactly what's entailed and you would you would ask us all those detailed questions and then we just kind of go from there. Is that, so that that that'd be the best way to do it. Yeah, that sounds. Much, I have learned so much just listening to you guys every Saturday. Um, you make it very clear. And you you make it less technical, and just uh, you take a lot of the confusion out of financial planning. So thanks very much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Karen. Thank you for the call. Listen, I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll have somebody reach out to you next week, okay? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Larry. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Lois on the line from Lynchburg, Virginia. Good morning, Lois. How are you today? It sounds no, like she's. Wow, you still there, Lois? Yeah, it sounds like she's uh, dropped off on us. We'll put it back. I hear on. something there on the phone. Okay. Well, listen, we got to take a quick break here. When we come back, Chris, we're going to talk about rising interest rates, bond prices, and what to do to avoid more bond decay in the principal. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a bond ladder program. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 
Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the number to call. If you'd like to talk to Larry, who is live here in studio with us, it's 855-767-3123. Larry? He's back. I'm back, Chris. Yep, sorry about that hesitation there. I'm sitting here deciding, well, are we going to talk about bond ladders or should we talk about surveys? Yeah, you know? open uh, air, right? So there we go. Hey, you know, next week we've got a we have a lot of economic data coming out. I want to talk about that real quick. And next Friday, July 1st at 11 o'clock, the U.S. Recession Probability Survey comes out. So we'll keep our eyes on that, right? Probability. I probably yep, will. Probability <laughs> of it. But we have ISN manufacturing, PMI coming out, U.S. construction spending. We've got all kinds of things, personal income and expenditures coming out. Uh, that's a big one. PCE comes out Thursday at 830 in the morning. That's the that's the number one inflation measurement that the Fed looks at, which is personal consumption expenditures, PCE. That comes out this coming Thursday. That's going to be a very important number when we take a look at it, and hopefully it's down a little bit. That's a good good uh, scenario uh, for for inflation reduction, but, you know, uh, as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's go ahead and welcome Dr- uh, Grace on the line from D.C. Good morning, Grace. How are you today? I'm fine, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Well, uh, I have a little money, and I'm retired. I am looking for a way or for a for a vehicle to increase my monthly income um, and I'm not sure whether I've heard you talk about and by the way I enjoy your show every Saturday morning. Um, well thank you for that. Heard, yes. I've heard you talk about uh floating floating bonds and and I and I don't want to go the the way of um um, anyway, I just want, I just need help with identify the best, identifying the best uh, vehicle to increase my monthly retirement income while sure. leaving the principal intact. Grace, there's there's a few ways that that one can go about increasing the income in their portfolio. Okay, first of all, a floating rate bond fund is a bond fund that when the economy is expanding and interest rates are going up, it's a good place to be in, okay, because the interest rates tend to rise and the value of those bonds tend to go up, all right? Uh, Secondly, you can look at doing what's called a bond ladder, where you can take your money, divide it up into individual bonds, not a bond mutual fund or ETF, but individual bonds, and they all have different maturities. One might mature in eight months, one might mature in 12 months, one might mature in two years, so forth and so on. And if you're able to buy those bonds uh, with a good interest rate, they will mature back at the par level. So you're looking for one that has a good interest rate and you're buying it at a discount. So in order to find that, we would call the bond trading desk and shop all the bonds out there looking for certain specific parameters for you, Okay. Another way to increase your income in retirement years is by looking at dividend stocks, stocks that pay higher dividends. The S&P 500 has a dividend average of about 2.1%. There are stocks out there that are paying higher, 6, 7, 8, 10% dividends. They have a little volatility attached to them. But if your primary investment objective is income, okay, 
then that's going to prov- uh, give you an opportunity to get a higher income rate for yourself. Uh, the principal will go up and down a little. If you want to be specific and say you want to protect as much principal as possible, another way is, and increase your income, another way is to do what's called a split-funded annuity program where you would take about half of your money and you would put it into an immediate pay annuity. In other words, you would spend down half of that money on your principal, on the principal and interest that's given to you over a period of maybe seven or eight years, thereby giving you a higher income today. And then over the next seven or eight years, the other half of the money would then grow back the original amount. Okay. So, so it's, it, it might not be seven or eight years. It might be nine or 10. We, we just have to do the formula based off of the current interest rate. So there's a handful of ways that you can go about doing that. There's also other types of strategies in, in, in financial planning, too, that you can do as well. So if you like, I'll be happy to have someone give you a ring next week and sort of show you how to go about doing that. But the first thing we need to do is make sure that we understand what your income currently is and your expenses so that we don't have uh, so, so that we stay within the parameters. We don't want to have too much risk put on your retirement dollars. Is that fair enough? Well, uh, an annuity was the, was the vehicle I was trying to bring to mind that it was not coming. And I had looked at that, and I didn't like what I found because, you know, um, my bank was offering... Um, a period of like three years, five years, but in the end, you know, the 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 principal. I mean, in the end, I get all the money back, but that's not what I was looking for. I, uh, I'm looking for leaving the principal intact and just, you know, having some income from it on a monthly basis. To, to sure, Grace. So, I so have, by which is not much. My, it, it's not. It, I don't have much monthly income. So I'm we, we, I understand. What we need to do basically is lay out all the different products and all the different strategies and show you the pros and cons of each one of those because possibly the, the annuity that your, your uh, bank was showing you uh, was different than what I just described. It's a strategy called split funding an annuity. Okay? Um, you can also split fund a regular investment account by putting some of it into a single premium immediate annuity, giving you a higher income and allowing the investments to continue to grow back or not even go near an annuity and use higher dividend-paying stocks and or bonds. Let me put you on hold here, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week and sort of give you the education on all of these different places. And you, as, as the investor, need to tell us what your goals are. You've made it clear, I want to protect my principal as much as I can, so there's some give and take in that. If you want your, your income to increase, we may have to put a little bit of that principle with a little bit of measured risk, and it'll go up and down. Might not necessarily lose it, but at least it's going to be providing you a higher income stream. So let me go ahead and place you on hold. I appreciate the phone call, Grace, and the longtime listener that you said you are. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Let's go ahead and welcome Lois on the line from Lynchburg. Uh, is this same same person? Uh, hello, Lois. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. Hi, how can I help uh, you today? My question, my question is, I have uh, money in an IRA tax-deferred, and uh, I have $500,000, and I do draw income from that, and along with Social Security. 
uh, I wondered if it would be wiser to, I live in an apartment, to take money out of that account to buy a house or better to leave it in. Okay, so part of it was, uh, uh, could, could you just repeat the question there real quick? I wasn't sure I heard everything correctly. Would it be better to leave that money since it's ta it, I will pay tax on it when I pull it out or mm. to take money out to buy a house? I live in an apartment at this time. Lois, we need to run the calculation a couple of different ways. One is if you pull the money out to make a down payment on the house, you've got to pay taxes on that IRA money, and then you get to make right. the down payment with, with the rest of the money versus having a much, much lower down payment will create a higher mortgage payment for you, but then you might be able to have enough money in the IRA to systematically make that mortgage payment for you, thereby lowering your tax and allowing you to have more principal in the market growing for you for a longer period of time. That's the formula we need to look at, both sides of that. So I can't okay. give you an answer today saying, yes, do it this way, or no, do it that other way. I've got to look at the numbers and crunch them for you, but we'd be happy to do that, okay? okay. Yeah. yeah, let me let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll have an advisor reach out to you next week and show you the formula and show you how to step it through and take a look at it for you, okay? Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. You have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We send out a monthly newsletter, just basic education, and we send out a market commentary each week. In addition to that, ever since the markets have been under pressure beginning of this year, I've, I've been doing every couple of weeks or so a, a live market update commentary, and uh, we're going to wait for some more of these economic numbers to come out in the next week or two that we'll be doing another one here in July. And uh, if you're very on educational, those are very, very, I like those a lot. Yeah, they are. I put up seven or eight slides. We talk about them. It's live. People from all over the country are on there, and, mm -hmm. and we get all kinds of questions and, and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. And um, uh, if you're on our newsletter list, then you'll automatically get a, a, an email for the webinar, for the market commentary, market update, and, and things of that nature. So. Um, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me. during the week also, if you felt uh, you wanted any more information on some of the subjects that we talked about here today, you can give us a ring. Uh, same number, 855-ROSE-123 during the week as well. So we did talk a little bit about bond ladders with one of the callers today, and I just want to explain that real quick. If, it, uh, if a bond is selling at $0.100 cents on the dollar, and you buy that bond, let's say today, at $0.92 cents on the dollar, and that bond, maybe it's a 30-year bond, but there's 27 years of it have already been out in the market trading back and forth between people. There's only three years left on it, and you buy it. Remember, that bond will mature at par value. That $0.92 cents on the dollar will mature back at a dollar. So right now, bonds have been beat up pretty much. And now's a good time to go look at buying some individual type bonds in order to get that price appreciation on the bonds as long as you hold it to maturity. That's the key. You need to hold it to maturity. So you want to take a look at, at, look at doing what's called a bond ladder type of a program when you're building one. Okay. So I see we've got some callers on the line here. I'll stay in studio. We've got to close out the show here in just a moment. 
But during the week, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, Bob, thanks for coming back from vacation. It's good to see you again. Bob was on his worldwide tour of uh, hiking and seeing family and all kinds of things. I don't know if he went baseball parking or not. I'll find out. Make sure you'll give me tickets for that worldwide tour. Yeah, yeah. Bob's back from the worldwide tour. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next week with another another session of Making Money. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.